0: This is the Political Monitor podcast, brought to you by the Concord Monitor. In today's show, with the primary over, we read the signs, pick up the pieces, and see where we all go next. My name's Clay Wirestone. I'm a writer and editor here at The Monitor, and today for this post-primary podcast, I am joined by our managing editor, John Van Fleet. Hi, John. Hello, Clay. And by news columnist and all-around perfectionist, Ray Duckler.
1: Hello, Clay.
0: Hi, Ray. So, the primary happened Tuesday night, and Donald Trump Bernie Sanders, the first on the Republican side, the second on the Democratic side, were the big winners. If you had been following the polls in New Hampshire for the last few weeks, maybe that those results were not much of a surprise. Um, some of the down-ballot results, or not down-ballot, but uh, second and third places on the Republican side were interesting. Um, but John, what uh, what struck you about the election results, if anything?
2: Well, I, I was actually struck by last night's debate, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. we' right. can Get to the election. The election happened. That's true. Skip skip ahead a day. Okay. So last <coughs> night's debate between days. Uh, Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton. Much was said about how Hillary really came came out in that debate, and, and despite the Bernie saying that she took a low blow, that she uh, she out muscled him. Mm-hmm. However. Bernie missed a great opportunity last night. Did you notice, Clay, that he was coughing a lot during the debate? I did not. He was. He was coughing while she was speaking. He was kind of coughing. And I thought, what a great opportunity for him to say that he had shooken, shaken, shooken? Shaken. Shaken too many hands that hadn't been wiped off after people coughed on huh? that. <laughs> A reference to, to the Saturday Night Live skit. So here was a chance where Bernie could have dropped, like, a funny joke and showed that he was the cool grandpa. But he missed the opportunity for the joke. Well,
0: I, I think that that's that's not really Bernie's style.
2: Would you think that would have La- been... It's Larry
0: Sanders' style, but yes. uh, not Larry... Larry David style. They, they also Bernie David. La- Larry, Larry Sanders, Bernie David. It's <laughs> but you new know nature- If, if, he, had no, done, it's if he had
2: pulled that off at the debate, wouldn't that have been funny? Mm-hmm. Well, sure. But, I mean, a lot of things would why be. Because why do you think he was I caught, mean, if he, he probably caught germs from shaking too many hands, if he right? came out in a, Which was the whole genesis of the skit, uh, the Saturday Night Live. He, he is the embodiment of the comedy. Hope he has health care.
0: Okay. Um Yeah, I'm funny. I could have won. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. You could have gone on, on Saturday Night Live. Or the debate. Well, you still could. There's still a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, but turning to the actual question that I asked you, John. Oh. Mm. <laughs> about the primary results. He's like a great
1: politician. He doesn't answer the questions.
0: <laughs> <It is>. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I mean, to me, I was just struck, as I think everyone else was, and it's, it's an old point by now, but, you know, Trump... And Sanders really ran away with it on their respective sides.
2: Did you hear that Kelly Ayotte asked Maggie Hassan to take the People's Pledge and, and eschew outside money, outside spending in their, uh, their campaign for U.S. Senate? I did not. Well.
1: Now, for a third try,
0: no. What's that? <laughs> it feels almost as though you're trying to, to not talk about the primary, John. Oh, you want to talk about the primary? I'm just saying it is something that that did a a newsworthy event that happened within
2: the last week here in New Hampshire. True. Um, Well, to be honest, we've lived it for so long that now that it's happened, it's already becoming a distant memory. But it sure did happen, and uh, (laughs) many many of us, many of us are. uh, As
0: you can see, things are a little loopy here at the monitor. Well, you know, we were
2: all working hard, lack of sleep. Uh, So let's let let me address it this way. Um, I'd like to talk about our how we covered it. I think that was fun. Uh, This is obviously my first primary here at the monitor. So you've got. You've got eight presidential, eight Republicans. You've got the two Democrats and, well, far more than that on the ballots, but those were the top flight candidates. So we had nine reporters, you included, Clay, mm-hmm. you two, Ray. So we had everyone at a campaign headquarters. Only one of our reporters had, did, had double duty, and that was... El- Elodie Reed. That's right. She was at Christie's, but also had to go to Ben Carson's campaign headquarters because our campaign party, because they were both in Nashua, and as luck would have it, Ben Carson
0: was he, not there.
2: Was not there. I was going to say something less polite, um, but ran was, away. Yes, gave the finger to the Ooh. New Hampshire voters. Yeah, uh, he left date. Before his campaign uh, before the results were known. He did show up here on Tuesday. He actually went to Merrimack and uh, Waved to a few people shook a few hands. I hope he's not sick and uh, Then left to focus on South Carolina Uh, Not surprisingly of the top tier candidates. He finished last he got two percent of the vote so, uh, back to the strategy you know everyone mm-hmm. was at one of these campaign headquarters where the results were known fairly early, but mm-hmm. you know we we jammed a ton of news into the paper, It came out really well, everybody worked hard um lack of sleep all the way around and it and it was a lot of fun it was a good a good capper to all of the work that we've put in mm-hmm. I mean, it was as a,
0: as you do mention. It was a relief that we, there was no kind of midnight uh, drive to like you know we you know the results were trickling in and things mm-hmm. were things were tied down ballot. That really didn't happen. The races were called almost immediately after eight mm-hmm. for Clinton and uh, not for Clinton for Sanders and and Trump.
2: Mm-hmm. You still haven't gotten over that. I one tell you, tonight. it's
0: such such a such a tragedy. No, um,
2: <laughs> no.
0: I mean, it's. Um, but, you know, the, but the, the positive side of that is certainly for reporters, um, it, allows, it allows you to start framing your story if you're at one, you know, because really, let's face it, only two of those reporters are going to be at the winning campaign headquarters. So for the other, the other seven, you can start framing up your story as to like, well, you know, this person came in second, that was a surprise, or this person came in fourth or fifth. But you know you're not writing like the winner story, and it, it it makes it a little easier to kind of figure out what you're gonna gonna do. Ray, you you actually were uh, where were you? You were um, on that primary night. He was with Carly Fiorina. Well, it's
1: true, Clay.
0: <laughs> and and what happened uh, with that?
1: She finished seventh.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. With um, respect to. Um... Deadlines and so forth. I had it kind of easy. I wrote a story, a news story about Carly, and I didn't think she'd win, so I had a lot of it written beforehand or early on in the evening, and then I just kind of topped it off with a little color and her, her um, concession speech, I guess, her quotes from um, uh, thanking people. Because uh, we knew where her numbers were at eight o'clock, and so that was the end of it, and it was uh, made my life much easier. And what?
0: And what did she pledge not to do?
1: <laughs> she pledged not to drop out, which I reported, and uh, she dropped out. What? And I got some. Uh, it looked a little strange the next day. She said
2: something that wasn't true. Yeah. Yes. 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 She
1: did.
2: Um.
0: Yeah. So. Um, and you know, at least in, on on my side, I was at uh, Ohio Governor John Kasich's event. That was nice and close because I was at the Grapponi Center in uh,
1: also important in, right? in, in Concord. Well
0: but yeah, I mean, I was. It was also I, I had, you know, I'd, I'd had the, the the plus side that I was able to go to his event the the night before, on Monday. It was a town hall, and you know that was in the middle of a blizzard essentially. Um, or not a blizzard, but a, a you know a snowstorm. Pretty gust, pretty gusty winds. Uh, the roads were awful, and yet it was packed at the Dairy Field Restaurant in Manchester. So um, you know, certainly just from looking at some polls that were happening over the weekend, and just kind of from the atmosphere around his campaign, I I was betting pretty early on Tuesday that he was going to finish second. That's basically how I you know how I prepared my story and wrote it and. Thankfully, that's actually where he did finish. So it would have been a much um, it would have been a much um, sadder story if he had finished below second, because everyone there basically treated it as a as a win, mm-hmm. because you know Trump Trump doesn't count for some reason, even though he still won by you know double digits. In many ways,
2: it was it had been after if it had been a race for second place. Mm-hmm. I mean. Surely they would have liked to have won and knocked Trump off, but given his intense popularity in the polls uh many people saw second place as as the the republican prize mm-hmm. at, in the primary but let's talk about the primary results let's let's actually get down on the other side of the coin right mm-hmm. so something we've talked about Bernie won but he lost now I, I, won, I have a little bit of a lost. of a
0: bone to pick with you on this because I think you're Anyway, okay. why, why don't you why don't you say, state your part first?
2: All right. So Bernie picked up nine delegates. Sorry, thirteen delegates as a result of the election. Hillary got nine. Yes, thirteen and nine. So he picks up four more delegates than her, right? One would think. So we had talked about the the super delegates. New Hampshire has eight superdelegates. These are floater delegates that can they can go with either candidate based on yes. who, whoever they like, whoever, you know, is their person. And uh, after the voters had spoken and given Bernie Sanders such a resounding win in New Hampshire, we decided to call the superdelegates and say, "Surely you have reconsidered your position and Many of you may actually go with Bernie now, just like the people of New Hampshire. Right, Clay? You'd be wrong. All of them said that they are still sticking with Hillary. Right. And so, it is not 13 to 9, it is 13 to 17. Hillary wins four more delegates than Bernie Sanders. He won, but he lost. And that was predetermined before any votes were ever cast.
0: Okay. All right. Now, may I present my rebuttal? You may. To this. Thank you. Well, what do you think about that, Ray?
1: Clay, um, John, you ignorant Slunk. So, yeah. so I,
0: have, I have two points of, of response to this. First of all, we are talking about a primary. Yes, we which are. Which is not an official uh, government sank I mean, it's it's put on by the government more or less. But you know, a primary is, is you know the primary process is not in the Constitution. There's no sort of requirements for how a primary needs to work. It's a nomination process. It, it is a nomination process that is controlled by the political parties themselves. Mm-hmm. And indeed, until the 1970s. Um, Delegates that were elected by voters, which is actually what we're voting for in, in primaries. We're mm-hmm. not technically voting for the candidate. We're voting for delegates who will select the candidate. Until the 1970s, um, a, a lot of times, the candidates were still picked at the conventions. There were reforms made after 1968, I believe. Uh, so, so that's number one. So it's really up to the parties to do whatever they want. Okay, and, so and that's it, a rebuttal?
2: How? Well, no, it's, right. it's
0: a rebuttal because there's an assumption made in the way that you present it that yes. there's something... That votes matter? No, that there, <laughs> that there is something illegitimate about a process that's set up by the parties, but that's just what all primaries are, processes set up by the parties. Secondly, and perhaps more to point, um, in 2008, mm-hmm. um, there was almost an identical situation. When Hillary Clinton faced Barack Obama, mm-hmm. who was seen as an unelectable, I mean, his name was Barack Hussein Obama, mm-hmm. an unelectable liberal uh, senator. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of talk at the time because Hillary Clinton also, in 2008, had had a great number of pledged superdelegates. Mm-hmm. And as that nomination contest continued, and you know, that was a very close contest mm-hmm. between the two of them, you know, it went on for months. There's a lot of talk at the time about, you know, could the superdelegates swing it to Hillary Clinton, you know, rather than Obama. And ultimately, and, and I mean, there were there was a great deal of reporting done about that at the time. Ultimately, what happened, though, was they grounded out, and Obama ended up with more elected delegates, and the superdelegates flipped. Mm-hmm. And they fl- they flipped for Obama. So... My, my sense of the the Clinton-Sanders race is if Bernie Sanders continues to notch wins over Hillary Clinton and wins a clear majority of the elected delegates, I would think you'd see the superdelegate switch.
2: Uh, perhaps. But, they I mean, they're not bound to. It is true. And, uh... Certainly didn't sound like New Hampshire's delegates were going to—superdelegates were going to change their mind in any way, shape, or form. They were unmoved by the outcome of the election. Mm-hmm. Well, but— so again- my, my point is, like, just doing the math, Bernie Sanders has to beat Clinton by two-thirds, roughly, in every single election to actually be competitive against her and her superdelegate count. Well, but I,
0: but as I said, I, I if he keeps notching— You know if and I mean this is obviously going to be unlikely so but you know if he were to keep getting victories like he got in New Hampshire you know beating her by 22 percentage points Mm -hmm. essentially you know there's there's not going to be any way that the superdelegates can justify continuing to to support Hillary or certainly not to 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 switch you know to change the results well if you'd have a a fractured fractured party.
2: Point number one of your rebuttal is they can do whatever they want it's their party. It is. It is true. It is true. But I mean,
0: I I do think that the that that um, campaigns have a way of becoming self-justifying. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, you know, Donald Trump was a joke until he wasn't, right? So, I mean, people didn't take Donald Trump seriously until he started to be number one in the opinion polls, and now he's won the New Hampshire primary, mm-hmm. right? So there's this this so. It's, it can be very easy to dismiss people as being, like, unelectable and too liberal or too conservative until you actually get people voting for them. So, uh, so I feel like on the Democratic side right now, there's still some, definitely some feeling that people feel like, well, you know, Bernie Sanders, too liberal, Senator from Vermont. But if he continues to notch up impressive victories, almost by definition, he's going to look different. You know. No, will he look different enough for everybody to switch? We, you know, we'll
2: see. We shall. Uh, sitting right here with us is the the man <laughs> who wrote the column on why Hillary lost in New Hampshire, why she went from primary winner eight years ago to primary loser this time around. That is Mister Duckler. Why did she become? Why did she become such a loser,
0: Ray?
1: Well, first of all, uh, having uh, trying to at least have some confidence in the system, I would hope and assume that if Bernie continues to win, even forgetting about the margin, if he wins a great number of states and then is not given the nomination, that is going to be a big scandal. That will be a huge story where people will be openly questioning our... Uh, Political system, even beyond what we're doing now, and it all mixes into a gigantic um, firestorm. I think because people will, who maybe don't know as much about this as, as you guys do, well, let me get this straight: Bernie Sanders won the um, most of the primaries, and was <coughs> obviously the more popular candidate, and. He's not getting the nomination. I don't get it, and they're going <coughs> to say, "I don't care what the uh, procedure is. I'm not going to stand for that." And I think that'll gain enough momentum where I think the superdelegates would be af- would be uh, cognizant of that and be fearful to to, to to go that way.
2: Yeah. Oh. To be honest with you, and well, maybe well, I'm
1: being naive, John.
2: I got two words to to for that: President Gore.
1: Well, well now. President Gore. What what does that mean? He, he won the popular vote. Right. But was he president? Did he did he win like forty states? I'm talking about if Bernie wins a lot of states, right. a majority but, of states, not some. What was the what did he win the popular vote by?
2: Five. My point was there was there was not the firestorm. You might right. assume right. when right. when you had the person That's who won the, the election not about. become. Oh, yes, I'm talking I, I about
0: winning right, a right.
1: really big landslide in state primaries.
2: But now, now I'm going
0: to switch though and take John's side, ah! <laughs> which is that, I mean, where this becomes very interesting is is essentially if you end up with a tied uh, scenario, where you know maybe Bernie Sanders has like a dozen more delegates than Hillary Clinton. I mean, we're talking about thousands mm-hmm. of, of delegates mm-hmm. required. I think, mm-hmm. a, what is it, a couple thousand? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, he ends up with like a dozen. Mm-hmm. Or she ends up with a dozen. Like, actually, either way, it becomes a, a huge deal. Because then you can have either Bernie or Hillary supporters say, the true will of the people is X. And so then, you know, the superdelegates can, you know, b- you know, could play a really big role.
1: I want to know how do you get to be a super delegate?
2: You have to be one of the uh, elite. So you've got the you've got Gene Shaheen, you've got Maggie Hassan, you've got Ann McClain Custer, you've got Ray Buckley. So these are the top dogs in the Dem- New Hampshire Democratic so they Party. They are super delicates? Yes, they are. Okay. Uh, Kathy Sullivan, former New Hampshire Democratic Party chair. You've got uh, Martha Fuller Clark. And now my memory of the other That's ones six. are yeah are is fading. My point
1: being that is such a so, open so much to the potential for corruption. Super delegates have a lot of power. Yeah, there's never been charges of bribery.
0: Well, but again, this has to do with the way the parties set it up. So the parties can pretty much do whatever they want.
1: Superdelegates are the ones who decide who the nominations are, who the nominee is right
0: I mean they're, they're essentially no? well they can, they can but they're kind of thrown in there to to help I mean theoretically to help make sure that there's not a contested convention.
1: That's, right. that's the, I
2: think it's really confusing. because They're they're there to make sure that Vermin Supreme doesn't become the nominee. But they're right. not
1: there to make sure that Hillary is in? Well, If that's the depends. case, then
2: everything you said is wrong. It depends if you think Bernie is akin to Vermin Supreme, and many in the no, Democratic Party you, do. I think, think are you telling me
1: that superdelegates have already... Promised and stated who they're going to vote for. Yeah, but, but, they, they, but if that's the case, then it is all. But
0: it's pledged. But Fine. they can also
1: change their mind. They, they ah, and how often ha- does that happen? All the time. Then, then that this is not a, a farce and it is worth something. And if John, <laughs> what he's saying is literally correct, then we then I wasted eight months reporting on this for no reason. So yeah. what's the truth? Well, was it wasn't
2: a waste? You got a paycheck.
1: I got a paycheck, but we couldn't be doing the, things that mattered. This what didn't the, matter, as I'm finding out now? No, Three no. days
0: after the... It, it matters. Listen. Hell the, of a time to tell. <laughs> the thing is, it is a pledge, and a pledge can easily be changed. So... You know well, it
1: did mean something and if, well, and if it, Bernie
0: does but win But it it does show where their inclinations so are now but that's the point it shows that shows where I was their inclinations the, are now
2: the election happened, so we checked with our superdelegates the day after the election yeah. did you change your pledge
1: and they no said no but that's that because i'm assuming it because it's so early
2: That would be true.
1: And if they see the landscape changing in Bernie's favor, they're not going to say, I'm not changing. It's true. It is true.
2: It is true that That, they could, in fact, change their minds. The scenario that Clay uh, put forth, that Bernie mania sweeps the nation, and he storms the convention this summer, that it would be unlikely, I would imagine, Right. That the super delegates would say, "Here you go, Hillary. It's right. yours." But yeah, that's that is a comforting thought. That makes it
0: worthwhile. Well, theoretically, but but again, it's you know it is, is definitely
1: nickname Waffle Clay. Yes, Wally yes. Waffle. I, which way are you going? I'm on this?
2: delicious uh, and syrupy. You know, which
1: way are you
2: going?
0: See, this I is can't this is this is but this is what which po- way you're going. this is what talking about politics is. You're trying to say game it all out.
2: Scenarios on one hand, scenarios on the other, and you agreed with both. Well, yeah, absolutely. Well, he's the one who just predicted a burning win throughout the rest of the primaries. I did. You heard it here s- first. I said
0: that if that happened. Anyway, but I also think that it's you know it is it is definitely worth in a situation like that where you have the super delegate system, especially so early where there are more super delegates pledged essentially than there are actual delegates that have won. It's worth asking the superdelegates where they stand. Right.
1: And later on, it will have carry more weight than at this early stage. Potentially, I, yeah. Logically.
0: Right. So, Ray. Logically. We've, we've been spending a lot of time here going back and forth, but we I feel like we need to ask you about what you're working on here. Because I'm informed that you're putting together like the capper for the whole primary. Well, I'm working on.
1: It's funny, funny you bring that up, Clay. I'm uh, I'm working on two columns that are connected to politics. One is running tomorrow, and it is about a local guy, a Merrimack Valley High graduate, who uh, is the writer for this mockumentary that was done secretly and released uh, on a website called Funny or Die. Right. It was released Wednesday. The day after the primary, no advance notice, complete surprise, Johnny Depp starring as Donald Trump, a Mm 50-minute mockumentary, and just luckily, it seems for them, Donald Trump won, which gave this even more uh, impact, I think, and it's very funny. Donald Trump is in it, Ron Howard narrates it, and Joe Randazzo, 1996 Merrimack Valley High School graduate, wrote it. So that's for Saturday, and then Sunday is just a wrap-up political column on things I saw, things I experienced, people I met. We had a New Hampshire guy, Corey Lewandowski, um, I think he's from Nashua. Wyndham. Wyndham, excuse me, uh, who was uh, one of Donald Trump's main uh, campaign managers, um, publicity director, that kind of thing wrote about him and I wrote about Hillary back in the summer, I think, when she was involved with these scandals and wouldn't take questions. And um, at a Bernie rally Monday where it was Bernie ma- mania, burn baby burn, I, I think is what they were saying. And um, great people following him around, sleeping in their cars like he was a, the Grateful Dead, which was interesting. And uh, just leftovers from columns, leftovers from reporting that I didn't get into my columns. And we'll shovel it all in for uh, an overall recap uh, in Sunday's paper.
0: Mm-hmm. So what will you remember most, Dre, about this, uh, this primary cycle?
1: What I will remember most is that I went to a Donald Trump uh, rally in, uh, at Winnicott High School few months ago to write a column. And uh, I I still didn't take him seriously at that point in terms of uh, the the momentum he was writing. And now, obviously, he's for real and he's in it. And I just, um, I find it um, very interesting that he's such a serious candidate. I think it's a reflection of not of policy, but of um, boredom. And just being fed up with the system, people want to uh, have a reality show, four years now, maybe eight, and that'll shake things up and be interesting. What that means about him dealing with Russia, I I don't know. But it will be interesting. We won't be bored. And I think that's what people are are voting for more than um, jobs or health care or foreign policy. I, I don't buy that that's what they're looking at. I think they're looking at something else
0: it's interesting and John what will you
2: take away from this primary season what I will remember most is the exact same thing that Ray remembers most but in a different way I remember yeah yeah, following along I remember a photograph from that event where Trump is that was holding, a different event? That was a different event. It was the no labels event. Okay, so Trump is holding court, and uh, he's speaking to the media horde, and uh, right to his right on his his right. actual right, as close as you could possibly get, is our man Ray Duckler with the recorder who stuck right in right in Trump's face. And uh, and Ray had just the greatest look on his on his face as this photograph was taken. Like, what you talk about, Willis? It was great. It was awesome. Um, and we got it captured on, and it went around social media. You were a Twitter star for a day. My
1: my uh, my cousin uh, emailed me and said, "Cousin Ray, we saw you," and uh, so that was exciting. The the background of that, John, is that was a no labels event, which meant. Um, uh, a promotion for, bipartisan, um, for bipartisanship, and bipartisan support for, for the future. And um, so that's what, that's what it was for. And so that was the questioning toward Trump. And his responses immediately were, I'm ahead in the polls, and I'm leading, and I'm a winner. It had nothing to do with the theme of the day, and that's thus my look of... What you talking about, Willis? Because it, it had nothing to do with what the um, what we were there for. And it was just very typical of Trump, and he's the uh, New Hampshire primary winner, Clay. That's.
2: <coughs> uh oh, you wipe Did you wipe Ooh, that hand yeah. off? <coughs> yes, there it you is. Can't shake your hand, Clay. There's the wipe. Right. Um, and uh, the, I have another memory too. Like, uh, and this also involves Ray nice. er, early on. There well, was, uh, yes, yeah, one, there was the Hillary. Hillary Clinton That's rally the at the New, way she wouldn't answer questions. New Hampshire Technical Institute. And so she's showing up in Concord. And there's this intense media scrum. And there's photo photographers everywhere. And here's a photo of every reporter's got a phone or a recording device. And they're all sticking it as close as they can to Hillary Clinton. And there's Ray Duckler right next to Hillary with his trusty notebook in his hand. Mr. Paper and Pencil. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's true. He, you know? I mean, I...
0: Actually, as I was reporting those last couple of days, at least one of my stories, I mean, I recorded the, the speech, but I ended up using my notes instead because, you know, you write down the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't write yes. down the boring stuff. So... Um, there's,
2: there's, Economy of time. Exactly. Um, write down the good stuff. You yeah. Got it all right there.
0: Um, but I'll also say, just for me, it was um, just. Oh that, yeah, what do you remember? I, well, most? yeah, you know, Which photo I Ray? You don't have to ask me. I'm okay. gonna, and it's not a photo of Ray. Oh. Um, but I just remember uh, working in this this last week and getting to, uh, you know, work with the Politifact guys and kind oh. of that right. that uh, that run up to the end. That was that was a lot of fun,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and. Um, I mean, I'm glad that every week is not like that, but as, as I told John during that, uh, you know, for once every four years, it's, it's not a problem. So, um, with that, gentlemen.
1: Once every four years, but it's for, it's for a year Amongst those four years. Well,
0: yes, basically. but then it gets that last so, week is when it yeah, gets but especially it intense. So long ago, the Do you process. You want to have a,
2: a moment of silence for Chris Christie and Carly Fiorina? Mm-hmm. Nah, it's no, fine. Okay, you're
0: they. Right. Uh, I will say I did write a column about Hillary Clinton running for president in 2014. So when, when they had a. Uh, well, I mean, everyone knew she was going to run. <laughs> I was going like say, a, boy. That was a... they had like a ready for Hillary bus. <laughs>
1: well, Not on that one, yeah. huh, Clay?
0: I was I was unimpressed with the ready for Hillary event. I was like, you know, I I am ready to not talk about this yet, but
1: okay. I have another memory. Do I have okay, time? yes, you have. I one, went yeah. to a Hillary event and she was drive being driven around in something called the Mystery Machine. Yeah. I guess it was a van, and that for the older uh, listeners, that would be the uh, the vehicle used in Scooby Doo. And, roar, uh, roar, roar, and so uh, we were all, the media was told that she was going to be in one area and then all of a sudden the mystery machine showed up in another area and this gigantic group of media people went running just to get a shot of her coming out of her mystery machine and I was there to witness it and I felt like an absolute fool mm. running around to get nothing and this was probably five months
2: ago and now with that <clears throat> I want a Scooby snack.
1: Zoinks? <laughs> is, is any of this funny stuff getting on? I,
2: that's,
0: this is all getting on.
1: Oh, scooby doo
0: You know the thing that's always interesting <laughs> to me about Scooby-Doo is that Casey Kasem did the voice of Shaggy. I don't know that people know that.
1: I did not know that.
0: The Casey Kasem, America's Top 40.
1: Did who? Shaggy? Yeah. Hey, school.
2: That's that's that was Casey Kasem. No, it's true, and I believe Casey Kasem made a cameo on this show.
0: (laughs) I think you might have uh, have done an impression of him at some point. A poor one. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, I think this is um, this is rapidly devolving. So um, I'll just wrap it up, unless somebody has
2: something to just throw in there. But okay okay clay john it's it's all good just even though you felt a little bit of the burn this week it's okay
0: (laughs) john thank you ray thank you thanks for listening As mentioned, we'll be downshifting to a monthly podcast schedule for the next few months, although possibly picking up again in the fall. You can always subscribe to this podcast series through iTunes or Stitcher. And for all the latest, visit politics.concordmonitor.com. Take care, and we'll see you all next time.